0: The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Danny, we got a ton of stuff going on lately, huh? We always have a ton of stuff going on, Paul. Yeah, so April 21st, 22nd, 23rd, you can find Danny and myself, uh, along with the rest of the Diesel Performance Podcast crew and the guys from Calibrated Power, which includes our producer, Rich. Uh, We'll all be down in Indianapolis at the Lucas Oil Stadium uh, doing uh, what I would say is probably the biggest dyno, sled pull, and drag race event of the year.
1: In the country, in the world.
0: Yeah. I mean, these are the, the... the biggest, baddest trucks that anybody has built. They don't fit into any classifications. The only real rule is they have to be on a truck chassis and a truck body. And that's that's about the only rule for the whole competition. This
1: is the Super Bowl, I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's getting really big. So we're going to be down there. We'll be broadcasting live on Facebook. We'll be doing mini episodes throughout the weekend. We'll be producing some big episodes after the show. Uh, just expect a ton of media from the podcast around uh, the Ultimate Callout Challenge. And then, of course, we always want to thank our sponsors from Calibrated Power for setting up the show and uh, allowing us to be able to do this. It gives us a chance to get in, uh, put podcasts together and come up with great episodes like we have for you today with the Mock brothers. How's it going, guys? Going good. Yeah, it's going pretty good. Absolutely. So we have Lane and Coleman Mock in-house. Yep. You guys had your truck on the dyno today. We're not going to discuss any numbers. I've been told (laughs) that. But uh, you guys play in the dirt a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, We primarily use the truck for sled pulling. Um, We've done a little bit of drag racing or anything Not much. Don't focus on that with it as much. But uh, we thoroughly enjoy truck pulling and that's kind of what we've used it for for the last couple of years. So,
0: okay, tell me a little bit about the truck you had here today.
3: Well, it's a 2001 uh, purchased a truck a couple of years ago, uh, three years ago actually. And in the beginning, didn't really have big plans, but three weeks later, motor's out, trans is out, <laughs> front end, <laughs> rear end, starting from scratch. It's, so it's
1: an LB7 Duramax yes. for our listeners. It's yeah. a four-door long bed truck and it didn't take long he's telling us to start messing with it
2: (laughs) well it had it had when he first got it he picked it up real cheap it was a you know that's what he wanted to buy a cheap truck so he could modify it really and uh he'd At the time, he didn't know much about that kind of stuff. He's kind of learning, you know. He went and bought the truck when I was working, so I couldn't go with him. He brought it back, and I'm like, yeah, it's got a dead miss. You know, there's this this, uh, injector. It ended up being an injector, but he pulled the whole motor out and done all that. And it's like, man, I'm like, you could have just put an injector in it, you know. (laughs) But uh, it went went pretty far after that.
1: I I just want to go back even further a little bit. Um, The reason why these guys are on the show, because this truck of theirs is one of the most competitive trucks in northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin, in my opinion. That it's out there for the sled pull circuit, so to speak. That, that's going ahead, not back. Well, that's, <laughs> just that's why t- we're t- here. That's why we're here talking today. Like, what? I always wonder, like, what are these guys doing with this guest? And let's let's talk about it. Like, this truck is something to talk about. That's why we're here today. We just got off the dyno. What was it? Five ten minutes ago. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> and you guys laid it down on the dyno, and. I would say, well, you're, you know, you squeeze a little bit more horse, a little bit more torque out of it than last year. But what are your intentions this year with it?
2: Um, well, really, we're we're trying to focus on this new outlaw class that they got started here in like southern Wisconsin. It's a pretty cool class, just street outlaw. You know, I mean, um, power wise, it's unlimited. You can you can really do whatever you want. I don't even think they really open the hood. From, no, but they, uh, you can't have like a you know, a welded-up suspension. You know, you can have suspension stops and stuff like that, but it's got to be factory suspension and driveline, and other than that, anything goes. got to have the safety stuff. They, you got to have drive shaft loops, U-joint shields, I mean, the stuff that you need anyway.
1: So do they have a weight requirement?
2: Uh, I think 8,000. 8,000 8, pounds. Okay, yeah. so,
1: and also they have a hitch requirement as well. Yeah, yeah. and I think
2: that's 26 inches. I mean, 25, 26 inches. There's 20 rules probably. I can't really remember, but...
1: Right. They're, those are made to be broken, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty basic stuff for the outlaw class. It's yeah. really for for the guys who wanted to build a badass truck but wanted something that they could still drive. Exactly. I mean, it's the
2: exactly. That's what I always thought, too. Like, like you know, Worley's, Jason Worley, they're pumping out compound LMLs all the time. You know, it's like, well, they can't really sled pull in a class. Right. Well, now these guys can, you know. Yeah. So I think it's a really neat neat class.
0: I think it's really interesting that it's going to open up the field. And I know, obviously, as you guys have been building towards this, it's you've probably sled pulled in a few different classes.
3: Yeah. La- last year— uh and the in the first year kind of initially we built geared more towards the two five class and we're from north central illinois and so we're pulling around the i s p uh they don't have a two five class or like a hot street class uh so that's how we got into traveling a little bit more um you know i I like pulling right in our backyard yeah but
1: You guys have to go look for some trouble, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, obviously,
0: now a few years of sled pulling, I'm sure there's some stuff that you guys have learned along the way. Stuff that you went out the first season and probably did it wrong. So, what's some advice you could give to somebody that's new to sled pulling, that's starting out
3: in, like, a a work stock or a 2.5 class? I would say definitely uh, setup is way more important than power. I mean, everybody's talking about big numbers and everything, but... You got to put it to the ground. Okay. Yeah, like um, the suspension's got to set up, get set up, right? Danny
2: knows all this. He had to deal with this too on the clean sweep. Uh, hopping is like one of the worst things that you can have going on. So if you can get, get that kind of figured out on what you need to do, you know, um, on a Chevy... Um, just remind everybody everybody knows they got weak front ends I mean if you just put a strong you know uh, steering assembly in there you're good you never have to worry about it again they're as strong as a solid axle at that point yeah so uh I hate watching them go out there and and break you know but stuff like that um gearing depending on how much power you got you know you could figure out the gearing that's kind of stuff you learn as you go because not every truck is the same you know right
0: well, when it comes to suspension, what kind of stuff did you do to fix the hop?
2: Um, ours, honestly, we've been really lucky. Um, it's never hopped. Like, I don't think it ever had even once. We've,
3: yeah. In, in <laughs> but, two years of pulling, we've never I mean, never quad had it long It's hard to get it to Exactly. Hop, right? that,
2: yeah. that helps us a lot. Um, but we have suspension stops, um, it, and we don't have it so it raises the – the bed up anymore you know i mean it's just like right where the factory suspension sits that's where this stops are and that's where we got them right now it depends on the class some class you got to have an inch of travel or something like that um which ours are adjustable okay but uh that's basically for that i mean we don't have any limiting straps or any of that kind of stuff Um, i think that kind of can create a hop sometimes but like i said it depends on the truck a single cab would short or a single cab long bed would be a hoppy, yeah. Truck, Ron know.
1: Burgundy, my truck, my LBZ. That thing's a hopper, and yeah. it, everywhere I go, it hops to the finish line. And I, I get lucky; it don't break too much. Yeah, yeah. I get lucky though. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that's short of a wheelbase, right, and all that weight coming down on the ass end, it's pretty obvious. You know what causes it. So I think there's definitely an advantage when you're going out to pick a truck, right? But you still do still have to make weight. So how close
3: are you to weight? I mean, no weight bracket on that truck, right? No. No, uh, well, last year we did hang some weight in some of the two-five classes that allowed it, okay. Um, and everything was fine. But no, we don't don't hang no weight out front. Okay, we'll put it that way.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, the those are those model years and stuff like that. Even I think probably up to 2010, they're pretty light. Yeah. Even a crew cab long bed. You know, you get into the LML, they're a lot heavier chassis. The frame, that- full box frame. I mean, they're just heavier in itself and. You can see that in a crew, crew cab long bed. I know they're they're about 8,000 pounds close to an mm-hmm. LML, but these ones mm-hmm. are pretty light, so we're fortunate with that. Gotcha.
1: So, Paul, just so you know that these, these boys are one of the only guys that can take the clean sweep to the house. Um, it's one one of the few trucks that have – every time I go to a poll, I'm like, damn, these guys are here again. I'm like, can't you guys miss one event so I can, you know – Take the top first or second, you know, but you guys are always number one or number two in every single event you go to. And I just want to congratulate you for that. It's a huge accomplishment. Um, everybody knows your guys' truck by now, around our area at least. This truck looks just like a basic four-door longbed truck. And then when you hook that thing to the sled, you're like, wow.
0: <laughs> so what are you using to make that power? What are we
2: running under the hood, guys? Uh, just a single, like, S4 based turbo. Okay. Um, 150% injectors, twin pumps, um, your basic stuff for a, a Duramax, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty mean, straightforward I mean, build. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the, the motor's built. You yeah. know, it's, it's got all, I mean, I don't think you could do anything more but fill the block in that. <laughs> so pretty much how everybody does it, I guess. Yeah. You get to a certain level, but.
0: Okay. Um, how about future plans? Where are we going with this? It's running outlaw class this season. We're at X, whatever horsepower number we are. Are we gonna go bigger in the future, or is this a, a wait
3: and see? And this might be the cap, or? Well, for sure, you know, we got to see how this goes. We've, you know, in the back of your mind, you think about having some big twins someday and just having a sweet, you know, street truck. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> <laughs> someday, yeah. We
2: we might we might I don't know. We, we, like last year in the spring, we took it to Byron. Yeah. Um, how did it do? We, uh, I think he ran 1166 yeah. at 118, okay. which is pretty respectable for that yeah. big truck, you know, I mean, right. it's pretty good. Um, we thought about doing that this fall, maybe too, but we'd have to put different gears in it. Yeah. Put like 342s in there, kind of what you want for the drag strip anyway.
0: Are you running four now?
2: Uh, 456s. 456s. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: why'd you go with that gear set?
2: It was something we learned. We started with 373s, went to 342s, went to 456s. <laughs> so we got a pile of gears right now. Um, it's like I said before, the gear thing is uh, if you're doing it and you're learning and uh, I guess you're not getting advice from everybody, I suppose. You just kind of do that. You figure it out. I mean, we didn't know. It was uh, a learning process. So,
0: What prompted you to start playing with the gears? Like, what, what was the idea there? What were you trying to accomplish or what problem did you have?
3: Well, last year when we, we did some changes in a power gain, you know, and you look at that and, and your wheel speed and you straight, try and do that math with the uh, the gear and uh, everything, we crunched a lot of numbers. And yeah. we tried the 342s running third gear, and we were just blowing the tires off. We were going down the track at, what, like 4,600 RPM? Yeah, I don't oh, know. And
2: we were, we were getting beat. Yeah. You know, like, not, I mean... Not that, that that happens, you know, but uh, there was guys that we pulled against before, too, and it's like, man, they're really putting a whooping on us. Yeah. And uh, then we ended up putting 456s in there, and it was like, wow.
0: So you, you the, the problem you were having was wheel speed. you guys actually wanted to get more wheel speed and less RPM?
2: Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And there's a fine line there. You can get too high a wheel speed, and then it just, like I said, I mean, it, I don't know. And and we might not have it perfected yet either. We don't know. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, that's the thing with slide polling. I feel like every poll you're questioning the entire build.
2: Every right? You're like, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Bef- Everything's wrong Be- now. Before right. and after every every time pretty much you think about it, you know. Even if you win. Yeah. Oh yeah. and you only win by three feet or something like that. <laughs> it's just like, hmm. You know, you start thinking about it, you know. It's like what the heck happened? You know. <laughs> so I
1: think you guys are on the right track by doing it um piece by piece though. So. Because a lot of guys I see do let's say, five changes, and now they did really well, What well, one of those five changes was the difference maker.
2: Exactly. They so, don't know which one. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: All right. Well, something I always want to ask sled pole guys out about, are you one of those guys walk around poking the dirt before every pull? You got a stick out there looking okay. at it? No,
2: no I mean, it, really. it is kind of nice if you're able to, like, step on the track. Yeah. you know, you can kind of feel that.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, what
2: What do you do differently based on track conditions? We
3: we can't with the setup like we got really, I suppose. Tire pressure is maybe the, the one thing that yeah. you might adjust your tire pressure a little bit, you know. Where do you adjust it and based on what? If it's a looser track, you know, we lower the front tires a little bit more, maybe lower the back tires a little bit more. If it's a tighter track and there's been some pulling going on before we've it's our class or our turn and you see some guys breaking you know maybe you air up the tires a little bit and it gives you a little bit more forgiveness in your driveline
1: okay you got to use your icrometer i call it (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and well one night we were down in ottawa i think ottawa illinois and as the night progressed the um, moisture in the dirt just surfaced and the track conditions can change so fast, even from the first pole in the class to the last pole. So you always have to really be watching, like you guys said, the competition, what are they breaking? What are they doing wrong? What are they doing good? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it really, that's a loaded question. You got to be really on top of what's going on at that moment. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. How about some other tips? Now that you're up in the outlaw class, what's different about it than the two, five class, what do you do differently?
2: Uh, I don't think there's much different. I mean, other than the broad range of what you see, okay. trucks that show up, you know. Yeah. Um. Because power-wise, anything goes. So you, you get single turbos, even modified stock housing turbos, you know, and then compounds. I'm sure there's been triple. Well, I know there's been triple turbos, and there probably are some guys that spray nitrous and stuff. Um, yeah. That seems dangerous, but
0: <laughs> you're not. You guys aren't. You guys have never sprayed nitrous in this we setup. Have never, no, never, never. No, no injectables at all. No. Nothing. Which you listeners can't see at home is how wide their eyes got when they both said no and shook their heads rapidly. No. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like we're we're gonna do it this year? No, yes. no, we, we have zero yes. we have zero
2: plan on, on on using any any nitrous. I yeah, guess you can
1: hear it heart. No, the crowd can hear if you're if you turn on if that solenoid opens and you had a good ear, you can hear that. It's crowd. a loud walk oh, glass, yeah. though,
2: isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah,
1: yeah. You can spray
0: injectables. Yeah. You water meth mm-hmm. nitrous. Yeah, you can
2: do any of that.
3: Yeah, I think that's playing with fire. Are you, are you just worried about the motor staying together with the nitrous at this level? Well, I mean, guys have pushed these trucks way further than where we are, just on straight diesel fuel. I think right. it's unnecessary and you're just playing Russian roulette. At least in the dirt. On the track, I mean the uh, drag strip, of course, I mean
2: I could see it, but yeah, I think we've seen some trucks do it and, and listen to them, you know, and you can hear them like spike RPM, like they're really screaming some RPM, but I and even tire speed, it's like an instant tire speed, yeah. but I don't know if you necessarily always want that I on, agree. The, on the dirt. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I'd be Proved wrong
1: sometime. I don't know.
2: I've sprayed. I they done never it, so. admit to it. You'd, yeah, you'd never I mean, know if I mean I've wrong, never done somebody it it so. Somebody would have
0: to admit to using nitrous on the yeah. track. And I, yeah. I'll
1: admit, I've used it on my truck on the track and I while event, sled pulling. While sled pulling, I got it on video like, like probably four or five cheater. events. How'd it feel? It felt awesome, but it didn't help me. It didn't like <laughs> I still lost. <laughs> yeah, you know. So when you spray nitrous and you and you still lose, you're like, man, I'm so far behind the winner. I'm chasing so much here. You know, that's my personal truck that I spray every once in a while and um i feel like in sled pulling you got to have it set up for that and if you're going to do that you're really asking for problems opening the door for a lot of issues
2: potentially yeah mm-hmm. yeah i would i would think that yeah i mean i'm not necessarily worried about the motor i mean i um the motors have gotten pretty durable i think built duramaxes are pretty pretty crazy yeah if fifers do our motor i think you guys deal with them too and stuff mm-hmm. there i yeah phenomenal i think so
1: steve and mary out of freeport illinois they are great people and very knowledgeable in what they do oh yeah we wouldn't go anywhere else if if you have a a piper sticker on your truck you better think twice before you start running your mouth uh, (laughs) to that person because there's something that sticker costs more than five grand i can tell you that yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs)
0: okay let's talk tires guys uh this is always a big discussion for sled pullers all the way from work stock up to outlaw class what are you running for tires? What have you run in the past that didn't
3: work? Uh, well, now we've went to the famous BFG All-Terrains. Everybody. kind of seems like that's the the mainstream tire across the entire United States. Um, we were running uh, Goodyear Duratrax uh, you the first like year and a half. They were all right. Um, we had went to a couple of vents and didn't do so hot, and when you start looking around— we're the only ones there that didn't have BFG All Trains.
2: <laughs> and I know that we and were. And that was actually at one event. That is true. Like every single truck at that event had, like, in, in like, because actually this event was uh, kind of a streetish ish uh, deal anyway, you know? Yeah. Um, and every single truck had All Trains except us. And we got killed. <laughs> we, I think we almost got dead last. Yeah, in the class so that really gets you thinking it's like what the heck you know but uh that was something yeah
1: that's what's awesome about you guys you're obviously um humble about what you're doing you you could admit to failure and a lot of guys they don't talk about their struggle to get where you are today so that's why i'm glad we're having you on the show because a lot of guys are just starting out and they wonder man what do i do next like how do i make this better
0: Yeah. Sled pulling is a tough sport. You know, it's one of those where everybody in it, whether it's their first day or their 10th year, everybody tells you you're going to break something like this is that one sport where they like, don't worry about what you're going to break next. Trust me, there's two or three things that are potential. Uh, So it's hard. It's hard to stay in it year after year after year. I know one of the things that keeps a lot of guys in is the points race. Do they have a points system for outlaw class? or is I, it?
2: I think they do. Last year was the first year for it. Okay. And I, I'm assuming it was like a preliminary thing. But I think they did have points.
3: I believe and so. And I think they're
2: going to continue that, which is one reason why we kind of want to do it. Now, being it, it being that far up there, um, I mean, we couldn't chase points necessarily. Okay. We'd hey, like I, to do good at every event that we go to, you know. Right. <laughs> but, I live uh, on the
1: state line. If you guys need me to fill in as a driver, just let yeah, me know. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think it. The points thing is awesome, and I think that would get a lot more people. Like if there was something here in northern Illinois, central northern Illinois, um, a street diesel class like that up there with points would be huge, I think. So, like, for example, the last class or the last event for outlaw class was in Richland Center last year, Mm -hmm. Wisconsin, and uh, 35 trucks just in the street outlaw class showed up. Holy shit. I mean, we were blown away when we've seen that, too. And that's for the first year for, the, for that class, too. And yeah. 35 trucks went to that
1: event. So can we talk I'm about like, that day? Yeah. That day was phenomenal. I did not get a chance to make it to that day. Um, my wife was nine months pregnant, basically, and I wanted to excuses, be there. Excuses, excuses. <laughs> Listen here. Okay. <laughs> but hearing everybody's excitement about what you guys accomplished that day, it blew everybody away. You guys took on the top 40 trucks in, you know, basically tri-state area. And I feel like you did so well, and now you kind of have a big target on your back. How do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, it's kind of not what we were going for from the beginning, <laughs> right? The tr- I mean, the truck looks, like Danny said earlier, I mean, it doesn't look like anything. I mean, it, it's a dented up white
3: work truck. That's yeah. what it is. I mean, which
2: is what I wanted from
3: the beginning. But. <laughs> yeah, we tried to fly under the radar for a while, but that... It's not working anymore. <laughs>
2: it's tough, right?
0: Because you want to be competitive, right? yeah. So you yeah. want to do good, and every yeah. time you do good, people start to notice you.
2: Yeah. yeah, which is cool. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of doing the sport. Yeah, you know, you would nobody do it if the if the crowd wasn't there. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but I kind of like the the stealth look. You go to an event. I mean, and we do kind of look like rednecks with we, we get with the truck that we pull it there with the trailer that we were using. I mean, it's. It was just a redneck setup, and uh, we got we got cinder blocks under the ramps to hold yes. so the, so the ramps don't bend down. I mean, it's
0: yes.
2: You go up there looking like that, and people are watching you alone. They're like, "Wow, what are these guys doing?" Ooh, you know, some high class engineers <laughs> yeah. over here, right? So it's cool if you do good when they and they they're probably thinking something about you, and you do good,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and when they're raising an the eyebrow, and you're like, "Just wait a couple hours, and yeah. then make an opinion."
0: <laughs> That's the part that kills me about sled pulling. is the couple hour wait. Or let's hurry up and get here at 4 o'clock in the afternoon so we can wait to pull until 7. Drives me nuts. You are I, so
1: impatient, drives Paul. Drives me nuts. Paul is the most impatient dude Schedule I Schedule a time
0: for me to be there. I'll pull and go home. It
3: is, let me know when it, I win. That does kind of suck. I think though, that but, day at Richland Center, we waited around for like 10 hours oh, before we pulled. We didn't, we didn't get back home till almost 3 in the morning. Wow. That was a, that was a long day. Six, Richland Center.
0: 16 hours, you're out of the house for 30 seconds of fun. Uh, oh, he yeah. it, <laughs> <worth> it, <though. laughs> it was worth it, though.
3: It was worth it. I think the top three guys at that event were from three different states. Really? Which is, I mean, that just goes to show you how much needed yeah yeah a class like that is needed yeah, for sure definitely.
1: well you guys it's kind of unfair to you you don't have a, a a home basically you don't have a class you don't you can just go to all these events and every time they say pop the hood and now you're sweating bullets you're like you know like i don't want to be in this class like if yeah. that's the case yeah um so they actually had something arranged for a guy like you you guys to do that so i wish that they implemented that in a lot of different areas but that's a huge favor to ask
0: I think we're going to start seeing it. I think, like you guys said, the demand is out there and the trucks are out there. And I think, guys, it's tough for most people to build something that's fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 in modifications plus the cost of a truck to only sled pull. There's just how many guys can exactly. do that? Right? Exactly. Yep. Like most of us need something that you know we can use for a few different purposes, even if it's going out drag racing here and there again.
2: I completely agree with that. Yep. Well,
0: and on that bombshell. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so so sled pulling, um, one of the things that I always find interesting is at what point do you say I'm done with the season, right? So if the motor goes, if the turbo goes, if the trans goes, like how do you decide, yes, I'm going to fix it. I need to get back out to the next event. Or how do you decide we're, we'll see you guys next season?
3: Well, uh, I would say that if the motor went. We'd be done for the year yeah. for sure. At least the year. That'd be tough. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, we've both invested so much time and money into it. And uh I mean my brother Coleman, he's he's a single man, so Bachelor, he's got a little bit more room there to play. I, I'm married with two children and oh. so you imagine that that, you know. No, Anger no from really my wife every it. time I buy a truck part,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and 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 she gets mad at me too because I talk up the parts. You know, I want the, the parts to be bought too. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we've been lucky on the on the. We haven't broken anything during the season. Oh wow! Uh, at all, sled pulling. I've,
1: um you know that is something to be said i know said For
2: we've it. only been doing it for three years but you could also look at it as we've been doing it for three years and we haven't broken anything but I better
1: uh, knock on some wood we <laughs> got <laughs> wood around here i'll I, do it for you
3: now I'm, I'm scared now that i said that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh well coleman has been uh living and breathing this diesel performance uh for you know eight or ten years very heavily and uh me uh I d- I didn't know much about any of it when I first bought the truck and decided hmm. to tear into it. Um and so and we had uh a help from good friends, you know, that helped us out with, you know, uh set up, you know, you should do this, make sure you do this. And then making sure that you're not you know going cheap on the important parts. You got to invest the time and money, and do your homework. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you got to do it right, you know, because like you said, you, you put so much into it. You can't show up to the track and find out that that fifty bucks you saved just yeah. fucked you. Yeah, and that that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, and like. I
2: think driveline components are kind of that. You know, you break a you break a driveshaft, man. That can take out a transfer case, or you know, or uh, tail housing on an Allison. I'm sure you guys have seen that numerous oh, yeah. times. Um, that could get expensive after a while. <laughs> uh, stuff like that. We 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 get we did from the beginning and um, it held it's held together. We did have a transfer case issue, but it's kind of ironic. Like it was stuck in four wheel drive, so like you would think, well, that's not a problem, right? But I mean, we were like, well, that, see, there's probably something wrong inside of it. That didn't happen during the season. Well, it could have happened during the season, but we were we usually get we start working on it early and way before spring. You know, like in the winter. Okay, and that's kind of when we realized it, so we could get all that taken care of. I'm um, oh, get, yeah. Getting ready for the season, I think, it's a big, a big thing um, to keep it together, I guess. Do you got a
0: ritual for when you go out? Do you got, like, like, this is
3: our procedure for when we go sled pulling? We talk to each other the whole time when we're in line. You know, uh, whoever's driving, one of us will be at the window, make sure you do this. You know, double-checking everything, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because fortunately we haven't went out and really made— Made any mistakes like that, going down the track or forgetting something. I, In Peoria last year, I, I did make one fumble. I, I uh, locked a converter, and I think, what was our wheel speed? Three uh, mile yeah. an hour. Yeah. The, Killed the truck. The recording <laughs> required to, Yeah, like three mile an hour is what it said. <laughs> so, it, it, yeah, that it, didn't like work. Like dumping the clutch. But I, <laughs> yeah. And I didn't think I could kill that charger, you know, mm-hmm. like that, but it can happen.
1: <laughs> so who's driving more? Oh, it's Between, 50-50, isn't it? The yeah. first
3: year I drove the whole time coleman i, drove I let once, coleman I drove w- once because initially i i was the one that was funding everything and doing the everything uh this last year and your wife
1: found out you were doing that yeah, <laughs> yeah
3: it's funny uh never went on a honeymoon so she, she kind of calls it the honeymooner yeah yeah so so my honeymoons got four wheels under it but
1: oh man that's awesome
3: but uh and then last year Coleman, uh, he had he had put so much uh, time into into it, building it, and uh, and knows it inside and out. So uh, he decided to invest with me, and and then that helped do some more changes and things like that. So
0: now Coleman, you have a background in in diesel performance. What do you do, Bud?
2: Yeah, I work at a Kenworth Volvo dealer in Peru, Illinois. Okay. Um, so I I don't know. I've been working there for like over, over seven years, when I got out of school. Um, yeah love it really so yeah I really seven like years
0: it. of doing anything and to still say love it when you describe it. I do it I, I,
2: I, I do know. enjoy my job and what I do there a lot of diagnosis stuff emission stuff um, keeps me really busy yeah, but uh,
1: And it turns out, Paul, these guys have listened to a majority of our podcast episodes. No, I, I, I don't think, believe I think
2: that. I've listened to every single one of them, really.
1: <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> now, to bring that up, I made a mention when we went Facebook Live um, last week on our 101st episode that Coleman and Lane have one of the coolest trucks around our area. And I had made a very bold statement that um, if, you know, and I, I'm, a, I'm a rooter for this truck. I root for this thing left and right. If you were to take this truck to Indy, it would seriously – it's set up so right. I think it would compete. I don't think it would you know, possibly do anything there, but it's on the track. It's how it's set up to basically destroy everything in its path.
0: Well, I think that's a a good note on kind of the progression of diesel performance. You know, what we saw initially was guys throw a semi-turbo on their 12-valve, right, and how far we've come from there to where then sled pulling came around and got really big, you know, to where sled pulling in the Midwest is you either – Eat, sleep, breathe, sled pull, or you don't, right? Like, that's yeah. th- that's the passion behind it. Um, and we're starting to see those trucks build up. We started to see these classes build up. And then we started to see the politics come into these sled pull organizations. And a lot of people have gotten fed up with it. They don't want to argue over a fucking S300 billet wheel being allowed, but a cast wheel that, you know, yeah, it, not it, yeah. it is <laughs> pretty, shit like this it like is that pretty nobody crazy. cares about, where it gets crazy. Now they're starting to build these classes that I think are for users. They're for people who own the trucks, not just the five or four hardcore enthusiasts who showed up to the meeting and that's where I kind of see this outlaw class going is progressing to something like the UCC build you know to where eventually you could take anybody you know any truck owner could take their truck from work stock to outlaw to UCC build and it's possible now
1: it's very possible but you know I think it's gonna be from the honeymooner to the retirement 401 yeah. k <laughs> truck you know, yeah. Go the UCC build. yeah don't tell her that yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I blew the retirement. It's okay, (laughs) though. It's
0: okay. I love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been Lane and Coleman Mock. We really appreciate you guys coming out and talking about your truck with us.
1: I'm Danny Voss.
0: And I'm Paul Wilson. Thanks so much for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel power trains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Danny at DuramaxTuner.com.
1: This truck is something to talk about. That's why we're here today. We just got off the dyno, what was it, five, ten minutes ago?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you guys laid it down.